0: Bob Brill, he's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill a Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, from me, you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports. From Eric, you get the kind of insight you can only get from a guy who's been a top player on the NFL stage. Key quarterback with the Bears, the Lions, the Chargers, he's been there. He lends his first hand knowledge to the things you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. Now you can find us on the radio.com mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, and wherever you get your podcasts. Easiest way perhaps just go to our website. Kramer and com. The podcasts are listed on the podcast page, or you can find them by clicking at the top of the homepage. Check it out, Kramerandbrill.com. So let me introduce to you my friend, my colleague, and my co-host Eric Kramer. And we are wrapping things up pretty rapidly here. Week 16 is in the books. You know, it's like one. Let me more week just tell you,
1: nothing goes rapidly when you're playing. <laughs> it feels like 10 years wrapped into one year.
0: Well, I was I was gonna ask you about that. You know, when you get to week 16, it's it's over. And now you got week seventeen, and the teams. If you're playing for a playoff spot, there's one feeling. If you're playing to play out the string, there's another feeling. Uh, you've been through both. Yeah. Uh, what? What's it the seems difference? Seems like the
1: there? Bengals have been playing out the string for <laughs> this entire year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how you secure that number one spot, you know, Fairly for the so. number one pick. They but, worked hard for it. So when seriously, when you if you're in that situation, let's say, the season's. Over, I mean, you're not going to the playoffs, and you're not, and the game you're playing is a meaningless game for both teams. How do you approach that game? The same, personally, but
1: I know that there are players that don't, and some guys get packed up. You know, when they, when mathematically, when they even before mathematically, Mm -hmm. they know they're out of it. They think they're going to be out of it. They're mentally packed up and physically maybe as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I, I think. it's such a long shot to even be playing. Mm. The minute you
0: start thinking that way, you're
1: soon to be out the door, I think.
0: That's great. That, that's an interesting point to make. And, you know, and what, what if you're in the hunt for that playoff spot? Are you watching? And it's other things need to happen. Are you watching the scoreboard, or are you totally focused on the game?
1: Well, the only way I can make uh, so back in 1995, uh, with the Bears we were we had just beaten Philadelphia at home to go nine and seven and <clears throat> All we needed to get into the playoffs was for San Francisco I think to beat Atlanta in San Francisco who were very good They just won the Super Bowl the year before so that's all they had to do figuring it was a given so First thing I heard, there was no scoreboard watching. There was not even a scoreboard at that time that was showing scores for the games. Mm-hmm. And so, but rapidly it became, I think it, I forget who told me, but uh, a bunch of us learned quickly that, uh, that somehow the 49ers lost and our season had just ended. So that was uh, strange. So I, no, we weren't uh, certainly watching the scoreboard, but going in, All we were really doing was trying to beat the Eagles. And um, figuring if we did, we'd be in the playoffs, which we weren't.
0: Okay, well, let's get into what we got going here. Most fantasy playoffs were completed this week, but the season itself was not over. There are a lot of fantasy expert leagues going on. Uh, The NFL has them tied to the playoffs. Of course, sites like FanDuel do as well. So we're going to look at the past week and the weeks ahead for those folks who are still in need of fantasy advice. So let's take a look at how we did uh, it was a weekend where some guys like Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones really came alive, as did Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and how about Kenya Drake, Christian McCaffrey, and Michael Thomas rolling up his record-breaking year with a week to go, setting the season record for catches. as well. We also liked Aaron Jones in Green Bay, and his 154-2 and two scores was solid. We didn't expect much from Aaron Rodgers, and he was not as great on this week. So big-name players who did not fare well. Jameis Winston had four picks. Dak Prescott, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Deshaun Watson with only 184 yards and a pick. So let's get uh, to how we did for you. Uh, Guys, we like Daniel Jones with 352 and five touchdown passes. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 419 and four scores. We really liked Andy Dalton in his 396 and four TDs was solid. I still think he's looking for a contract for somebody else next year. Uh, we liked Tannehill with Probably three TDs right. and a losing cause. It was Joe Burrow,
1: about to get drafted by the Bengals. Exactly.
0: Good, so, yeah. we, we liked Drake down in Arizona, and all he did was go for 166 and two scores. Broke off an 80-yard run. He added three receptions. So we like Miles Sanders, and his 25 fantasy points in PPR leagues was solid, as was Deontre Washington for Oakland with 18. We were strong at wide receiver, as most of our suggestions panned out with Conley, Brashard Perriman, uh, A.J. Brown, and Robert Woods leading the way, along with Deontay Johnson, Devontae Parker, 111 on five catches and a touch. Julio Jones, 10 for 166. Uh, Michael Thomas, as we mentioned, 12 for 136, and a score getting over 145 on the season. Uh, that does break Marvin Harrison's record, and leading the way, we like Tyler Boyd, who who caught nine for 128 and two scores. Tight ends we really liked did well for Mark Andrews with 27 fantasy points in PPR. Gisecki, Cook, Goddard, and Tyler Higby, who went over for 100 yards again four straight week. He's done that. Guys we said not to play who fell in line were Nick Chubb, David Johnson, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, Noah Fant, Duck Hodges, uh, Gardner Minshew, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, Sam Darnold, even though he pulled out a win in fantasy, he just did not make the grade. Uh, so, uh, surprises and point for you.
1: Well, I, I would say the one guy last night that stood out for me over this whole weekend was Aaron Jones. You mentioned earlier that Aaron Rodgers didn't expect him to do well because he hasn't so far this year against you know good pass rushes. But Aaron Jones, uh, prior to have, knocking off a 50-yard touchdown run, had 100 yards before that. Yeah. So he's a guy, to me, that's showing up now week to week as legitimate. I know we're at the end of the season right now, but he, to me, has earned my, um, I guess, uh, attention for being a really good fantasy football running back.
0: I think he's solid. It, it's you know he started out kind of slow this year, you know, and all of as from,
1: did the entire Packer
0: team. Yeah, it's true.
1: fantasy football football wise, right. But they, even though they were winning,
0: and for the first game we talked, when, when yeah. we we were at the at the sports bar watching the Bears and the uh, and the Packers, Great. and and it was like, where's this Willie going <laughs> this year? <laughs>
1: right, but I, I think you know you you asked me about you know any surprises or disappointments to start out with. I'd say disappointingly. Uh, Trubisky, again, is, I think, what he's now put himself in a hole reminds me of a hole I put myself into back in 1994 when I first came from the Lions to the Bears and got hurt within four weeks of the season against the Vikings. Steve Walsh takes over, and we end up going to the playoffs, despite I'm not playing Mm-hmm. And that was a hole that I, I end up finding myself in, and then the season's over. We end up losing to the Reds, or the uh, 49ers in the playoffs, who then go on to the Super Bowl. So I've got to bounce out of that hole, or climb out of that hole, going into the off season. That's the kind of hole I find Trubisky in now, mm-hmm. is that he's lost, in my opinion, not only the players around him and the team, but the coaching staff, the only one, I think, right now that's in his corner on the coaching staff is, my, is Nagy. Nagy, yeah. Uh, only because Nagy's tied into drafting right. Not drafting him, but tied into... Promoting the, him. Pro- well, not just promoting him, but I think he can see the upside potential in Trubisky. But I think wow. uh, somebody asked me this just the other night, you know, and I was talking about the hole he's got to climb out of, and really the only person in that hole with him is nobody. So he's that's got right. to... I think get in the film room all off-season, get on the field, work out some mechanical issues I see in him that is preventing him from being a consistent passer and watching film will help him start to anticipate throwing lanes and reading the body language of receivers and defenders. That's why I think he needs to start making making progress because really right now he is the only weak link on that team. But I do think he can work himself out of it. Um, if I didn't say that, I would be saying, "Well, that a guy after one season, a guy's nothing." I mm-hmm. don't think that's the case. I think there is potential, but he's the one that's got to pull himself out of it.
0: And you think it's mostly uh, mechanics? That
1: that is- I do. I think it's mechanics. I think it's studying defenses so that he can begin to anticipate th- those throws that he needs to make. That he's making very easy throws look very hard. In what should not be the case. Mm-hmm. And for it to be a consistent quarterback, you, that can't be the case. Uh, and then I think, you know, um, things that stood out to me the Vikings last night, going into their most meaningful game of the season, end up after the game having seven first downs in the game. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I think that doesn't all just fall on Kirk Cousins, but some of it does. And I think in a game where you know, uh, now, next week, they've got the Bears coming up. This is something Kirk Cousins has to rectify because right behind the Bears is the playoffs.
0: How much is that, uh, the loss of Dalvin Cook?
1: I think none. I think uh that really it's just, uh in Kirk Cousins' case, I think it's him just getting back to where he's been most of every game of, every, of this season, at least. And that's just been... Good at anticipating throws and being accurate with those throws. Even against the Bears in a game this season I was back at in Chicago, they lost the game. The Bears defensively played a great game, but Kirk Cousins actually had some very good throws in that game. Two Stefan Diggs. So I think that's that's also stood out to me last uh, this past weekend and last night. I think the Steelers quarterback situation... Jumps out as to they do not have an answer when Ben Roethlisberger is no longer there. No, they don't. And do they address that in this year's draft? Because oh, Burrow is no. going to be gone by the time mm-hmm. they pick. Or is it yeah, something, they're picking in the second round. They don't have a first round pick. Or, right, is it something that they have to then go out and find a Case Keenum-like player to bring in? Maybe an Andy Dalton to come in and until they can draft the right guy, be that bridge quarterback. And, uh, you know, I think some of the things that stood out to me in a positive way this past weekend were Josh Allen. You know, the season's on the line. Playoffs are right around the corner. How's he going to do against one of the league's top defenses in the Patriots? And I thought he did fantastic. They were right there in the game all the way until the final series. And he did nothing to lose that game for them. Uh, Daniel Jones, I thought, coming back off of being gone for two weeks, all of a sudden the city of New York and the entire NFL is now on Eli Manning, two week bandwagon, right. And Daniel Jones, despite being named the starter early on in the season, with Eli Manning still there, and then he, I think, does well throughout the season, but especially this past I year. I
0: thought was an amazing accomplishment Five in touchdown. Washington. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I saw that happen, I was like, this guy, this kid is ready. You know, this kid has got the confidence, he's, he's got the poise, he's taken over, and he's, he's taken charge. He's becoming a leader very rapidly.
1: And I think has done, I think that the most, di- he's had the most difficult road this NFL season for any quarterback, a rookie quarterback in New York replacing a two-time Super Bowl mm-hmm. MVP. Uh, and the guy, and the Super Bowl MVP didn't retire. He's still there. Right. So that's I think, uh, stands out to me as something fantastic. Now, I think, question mark-wise, you know, despite what Jameis Winston has done yardage-wise, I mean, he's going to be a 5,000-yard passer Mm -hmm. this year, but he's also, I think, at the top or near the top in interceptions. Right. So has he earned himself the tag or the contract that goes with the tag of being the quarterback of the future for the Buccaneers. You know,
0: that, that's my question. I don't, I don't know that he has. I mean, you know, he's, he puts his team in bad situations, but he overcomes them with his talent. Except you know? for not last week. Right, exactly. When they the really exceptions. needed him, too. Exactly.
1: Um, and then the other, another question mark is Dwayne Haskins. You know,
0: he, that's a big one.
1: He played well last week for the first time, but then got hurt. And up until last week, has he performed well enough? as a rookie to be the Redskins' future quarterback? I think not, but uh, does that mean they're going to go out and get another quarterback? No. I think he's going to be their quarterback next year from day one, but I doubt that he will perform well enough that the city of Washington and the organization of the Redskins will see him as their clear-cut number one. Will he do enough next year in the first half of the season? I don't think he will. I think there's too much downside. There's there's not enough consistent play coming out of him. I don't think that's going to warrant that. And then the last thing is the Cowboys. You know, well, I don't think they'll win this week, which I think will guarantee Jarrett, uh, Jason Garrett won't be back. Okay. And then what are they going to do? Because they have a, a roster that looks like it's a Super Bowl roster, mm-hmm. yet they have they have eight wins. Yeah. And I don't think that's. Uh, what does that going to do for them as a franchise? And fortunately, it's Jerry Jones that's sitting in that German. <laughs> that's
0: got to figure that out. Yeah, Well, you know, and and they have such a, um, a young offensive coordinator this year. And uh, I am uh, I mean, I saw some calls offensively this year when I was watching their games, which I was amazed. This is last week. You know, they had with a, a fourth and one and it went to uh, a, a strange passing play. They had a third and one yeah. and went to a strange right. pass play. Yeah. And Instead of giving it to got-
1: Zeke. Who's what ninety percent on yeah. the, you know in for the yeah. year on third and one situations? Yeah. It's not one hundred percent,
0: but ninety yeah. percent is pretty damn good. Yeah, and especially when you know you're on the other other teams deep on the on the other teams half of the field. Yeah, you know you're, I think it was like on the thirty yard line something like it was just like amazing. Getting back to the Steeler uh, quarterback situation, I think you're right there. They're not going to draft a quarterback this year. Uh, and so I think you're right. You know, Andy, but Andy Dalton may be the guy they trade for, or some somebody along that line. And because uh, Cam Newton uh, could be a guy. I don't think so. That that name has come up before, in a lot of uh, a lot. Of I don't think so either. Pittsburgh, but that's a name that's yeah, going to come up. It's it, it. That's not going to happen because he's not going to want to sit on the bench behind Roethlisberger. And you know, plus he's going to make a lot of money and the Steelers aren't going to pay him. They're at a cap situation where they're not, you know, Roethlisberger's back for two more years. And if Ben comes back in any way, shape, or form, which he will, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, uh, to have somebody the caliber and the, the pay scale of Cam Newton ain't going to happen. Um, Dalton, maybe, you know, um, that that's close to that situation. I'm thinking more like maybe a Ryan Fitzpatrick or sure. somebody along that line. I mean, line. the
1: Bears have Chase Daniel. Yeah.
0: You know, it, 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 and you
1: would think, okay, a guy like that's perfect, but is he? Because yeah. here's a situation where Trubisky, I think, played himself out. Yet, as soon as he's healthy, he goes back in and loses. Right. And in my opinion, Chase Daniel at that point when he went out and Chase Daniel came in and won the next game. He was that to me. He was the quarterback for the Bears
0: at that point. Well, the a situation. I, Duck Hodges is not the answer. I mean, it, it was nice for a few games, Duck Baney and that kind. Of, but I think he proved that the knock on him was arm strength. He in six quarters, he threw six interceptions, three in the in the end zone, where it's tight. You know, and correct me if I'm wrong. It, is is that a, an arm strength thing? Because you've got to be really tight. And really hard throwing the ball in when you're throwing in the end zone, you know, from 10, 20, or or less yard, you know, half yard right. out or whatever, and he can't zip it in there. It's getting picked. I'll answer it this way:
1: the best quarterback in my lifetime that I've ever seen play was Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. Arm strength wise, where would you rate him? Husky, oh, down. One to 10. noodle arm. <laughs> right. So no, it's not arm strength. Duck Hodges has plenty of arm strength. It's Reading the coverages, it's anticipation. It's doing the things that he was doing that he shouldn't have been doing, which was throwing late, Mm -hmm. throwing off his back foot, falling away from throws, Um, not being decisive. Those were the things that were getting him in trouble, and will continue to because he's playing this week. Yeah, and and uh,
0: I I don't know how long though because I I think Paxton Lynch is ready to go.
1: (laughs) Maybe great. I'm hoping fantastic. I'm hoping they start Paxton. Was that ready to go? He would have gone. Yeah. By now.
0: so yeah, I uh, got a feel for Mason Rudolph because, you know, he had the chance. He was playing well. Had a couple of bad games. Then he got hurt. Then he got in this big controversy. Then just when he comes in as the savior last week, mm-hmm. he gets hurt again. Yep. You know, and and now he's out for the season. He's on IR. Steelers have two quarterbacks. The number one or two quarterbacks are on IR.
1: I agree with you. And they're
0: still in the playoff hunting, I agree. So it's,
1: it's a testament in my As a team, I think the Steelers are the number one feel-good story this year so far mm-hmm. in the NFL. Because they, as... Bad as they've had it from, really, day one with uh, Antonio Brown leaving. (laughs) Roethlisberger getting hurt. Everything else falling apart. They get off to somehow a good start and then fall on their face all of a sudden and then bring it back. Yeah. So um, I agree. And I think that um, quarterback-wise, though, um, they're going to have to do something for a backup, no matter Roethlisberger comes back in the offseason – preseason, he's looking like a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, great. Um, But they still have to have a guy as a backup should he get hurt for a game or two, or like this year, most of the season. Right.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you. Let's go to the injury front. The big ones, Chris Carson of the Seahawks, who may be out for the season with a hip injury. Dwayne Haskins, who was carted off during Washington's game. Others who are not looking promising on the injury front are Mason Rudolph, who is out this week. Uh, Corey Davis, uh, Khalifa Raymond of the Titans, C.J. Proseis, uh, and that's a big one because that leads into something else we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, James Conner with a thigh injury, Miles Gaskin, Alan Hearns, Daryl Henderson of the Rams went on the IR, Justin Jackson, Will Fuller, Dontrell Hilliard, D.J. Moore, concussion, Mark Ingram with a calf strain, Charles Clay, a knee injury, Kyler Murray with a hamstring. it
1: funny how like two months ago, this list was like half as long. Yeah, Given the NFL season and the way it goes, at the end, this thing gets long.
0: Trending down this week, Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, we're talking those guys because they're not going to play this week. Chris Carson, all rookie quarterbacks not named Daniel Jones. Trending up this week are Steelers defense, Kenyon Drake, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Nahum Hines, Will Greer, it can't get any worse, that's why, Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, Daniel Jones, Ryan Tennant, Hill And Marshawn Lynch. So let's go to the waiver wire and you should look at these guys this week. Special week because you can expect the Ravens and most other playoff clinch teams to rest their players. You can also expect players playing in pain on teams which have a last week shot at getting in to play. So that means picking up backup players on the Ravens, the Patriots, Chiefs, Texans, as well as the Bills and the Vikings. Uh, one player you have to really look at is Marshawn Lynch. He's returning to Seattle after all the running backs there have suffered injuries. And he may no longer be beast mode, but he may still have something in the tank, especially around goal line. He hasn't played in a while, so uh, you got to look at that. But the fact that he is there, he loves playing in Seattle, and Seattle loves him, I think that's he, he's a definite good pickup for this week. So players who may see more action this week include Justice Hill and Gus Edwards of the Ravens, possibly Robert Griffin III. I would think definitely Robert Griffin III. Even Seth Roberts and Hayden Hurst should see more action. Kansas City, Spencer Ware, and Blake Bell might get some action, along with Brian Pringle and Matt Moore. It's hard to figure what's going to happen in New England. Bill Belichick will give some quarterback time to uh, Jarrett Stidham. Will he or won't he? And the other players all rotating anyway, so you may not see many changes there. I would expect not to see a lot of DeAndre Hopkins, Carlos Hyde, or Deshaun Watson this week. I would expect to see Duke Johnson and A.J. McCarron and DeAndre Carter. Does Matt Barkley get the call in Buffalo? Does Patrick DeMarco and Center East Perry get some running back action? I do think you see more of Isaiah McKenzie and Robert Foster. Others you may want to check out are Steve Sims, the wideout in Washington, caught six passes, rushed twice, had a pair of TDs last week. Tajay Sharp is available in Tennessee, caught five for 69, two scores at wideout. Caden Smith, the Giants' tight end, had a pair of scores. Ronald Jones and Deander Washington, solid and are available and should perform again this week, along with Deshaun Hamilton, another fill-in in Detroit who caught six for 65 and a touchdown. So now let's go to the games. Everything's on the line on Sunday. The play implications that are on the line. Of course, a lot of them. Uh, Browns at Bengals. Andy Dalton solid here as is Mixon, but don't look for Boyd in a meaningless game. He had some injury. I do like Alex Erickson here for Cleveland. They've been eliminated, so look for most starters to sit, but I think uh, Kareem Hunt will get some action as will uh, Car- Cardell Hodge at Whiteout. Now, Bengals have already locked up that number one draft pick after their loss.
1: I, I tend to agree with you for most of what you just said. However, the Bengals have been playing meaningless games Pretty much all year. Sure. So I, I, if Boyd's p- healthy enough to play, I kind of like him here because the the the, uh, the Browns defensively are have nobody over there to stop him, and uh, I like Mixon as well. Obviously, Andy Dalton for me is not uh, a fancy football start, but um, I I do like uh, on the other side. I like Kareem Hunt and Jarvis Landry and uh, Mayfield. I think is still playing hard. The unfortunate part, I couldn't play him as a fantasy football quarterback because I think there's too much downside. Uh, he's too inconsistent. He yeah, throws interceptions, forces throws that he shouldn't. But I think the players around him are, he's still throwing ac- accurately enough and making enough good throws where the guys around him are going to do well.
0: Dolphins of Patriots. I like Fitzpatrick here as well as Parker and Gaisaki. While on New England, I think you will see a lot of Burkhead, Lacoste, and Jacoby Myers as well as Sanu.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I. Fitzpatrick, it, it, to me, is this is one of his best seasons. Uh, he's been productive. Gaseki's very productive in the red zone. And uh, I think the the Miami Dolphins have shown the, the play caller for them, has shown some imagination regarding, you know, uh, reverse passes that are throwbacks to the quarterback. They've shown a lot of ways, even this past week, in getting guys uh, open in the end zone. And so I, that's why I like Gusecki. And I'm... Patriots wise, there's nobody I like at all during the season, and that's before we got to this week. Which <laughs> yeah, anybody's guess is as good as mine as to what's going to happen offensively for the Patriots.
0: I got the Bears and Vikings.
1: Well, I again I, I go back to Kirk Cousins here. I was at the game in which the Vikings lost to the Bears early in the season, in which the Bears just dominated both offensively and defensively. Um, but Cousins stood out to me. He threw some very nice passes. A number of them to Diggs, and who had a nice game himself, they had no running game, which is why I think the Vikings this week will play cousins mm-hmm. because even though they 're in the playoffs i don 't think I think Mike Zimmer has has figured out to be successful in the playoffs you 've got to have some momentum going in, yeah. which last week just destroyed them or last night against yeah. the packers that 's why I think they 're going to want to play some of those guys, including cousins and Diggs, who I think will have good games. And, um, you know, I think uh, with no Dalvin Cook, with or without Dalvin Cook, I think the running game and Mike Boone is not going to do well for the Vikings. However, on the other side of the field, I think the Bears, while Trubisky I don't think is a start for me, I do think Allen Robinson and uh, Anthony Miller both will get production at receiver. Um, I don't think it's quite a here. What's that? Miller's had a great year. He has, and I and I don't think the running game for the Bears is going to do all that fantastic. No, so I'd stay away from Montgomery.
0: Well, the Bears uh, used three tight ends last week, and by the fourth quarter, had targeted each of them once. Uh, and you, uh, which has been
1: a, a, a terrible position for them, yeah. numbers wise, all season.
0: Uh, the number one guy's been out all year. Yeah. You know, and uh, if 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 you ask the average NFL fan on the street who's not a Bears fan. Who those three guys are? They couldn't tell you. <laughs> right, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, well, that, that reminds
1: me. In '91, when I was with the Lions, we were uh, we just beaten Dallas. Um, actually, no, no. Before we played Dallas, we were going to play them in the divisional game, and we'd gone 12 and four, won the division. And there was a little thing that one of the local TV stations had done around town. They went around asking, "Who's the Bears, Who's the Lions quarterback?" <laughs> that they just won the division. They're going to host Dallas. Nobody knew.
0: And it was me. <laughs> so there are ways how's around that. that. How does that make you feel? Couldn't <laughs> we went out and kicked uh, the Cowboys' ass that week, in <laughs> fact. So if you need to pick a tight end, stay away from the, the Bears. Uh, Vikings have clinched the spot, have uh, nothing to gain with a win. So uh, you like Cousins in this game. Uh, you know, I was going to say I don't like Cousins, but you made me a believer. Uh, and Diggs, you know, I, I, I got to think, uh, think he's going to play too. Uh, Chargers and Chiefs. Andy Reid will rest the starters, but he's got a lot of injuries too. So I do see Sammy Watkins at least playing along with uh, Darwin Thompson uh, and uh, Brian Byron Pringle and Anthony Sherman.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think they're going to rest the, the starters, which means they'll rest Patrick Mahomes. But if you look back at what Matt Moore did earlier this year, and you mentioned it earlier in this podcast, that you know I like him. I like him. Yeah. He puts up solid numbers. He did then. I think he will again this week. The Chargers defense is really nothing special. And uh, the, the, he's got weapons around him. Who I like, Watkins, again, as you just mentioned, I think he'll be, he'll because of the other guys not playing, right. he'll get most of the volume on the, at, in receiving. I think so, too. And it, I think Travis Kelsey, if he plays, will also get a lot of numbers.
0: Jets at Bills. Jets have a chance to knock off another playoff team, so look for them to play the regulars. And if Buffalo does the same, uh, Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell are not folks I'd have in my lineup. Robbie Anderson, yes. If Buffalo rests its players, especially on the defense, then I do like Darnold. My, my guess, though, is uh, we may hear later in the week uh, the key defensive players will sit.
1: And, you know, say we're at that point in the season. Who knows? If, if uh, the Bills are going to play their starters offensively, I hope they do, and I think they should because they do—they do need the experience, right. and they are good
0: players. Uh, the, well, except for Gore, you know.
1: Right, and they're but you know the, this, they're playing the perfect team to build some momentum after right. coming off a loss against the Patriots. Now they're going to play the Jets. This is a good game to win going playoffs. And,
0: and the Jets should be down this week because they beat the Steelers last week. All the more reason. <laughs> All the hype from uh, the Le'Veon Bell thing, right? So, which so I think you out.
1: got you know if if he plays, Josh Allen to me is a great start. Devon Singletary is a good start at running back. I also like Robbie Anderson, like you do, and Darnold, should he play. Um, but I think the what stands out to me here is the Bills. This is the perfect game for them to be playing heading into the playoffs. So I think they will be starting a lot of pokes, especially on offense.
0: Packers at Lions. Packers were strong on Monday night. They have a shot at a bye as well as home field advantage, so the key guys will play. Aaron Rodgers had a pedestrian kind of night on Monday. Aaron Jones was... a a uh, real strong uh, 154 oh, yeah. pair of scores, tough to beat. And Devontae Adams hauled in 13 of 16 targets for 116. Lions will uh, start pretty much everyone. They've been starting, and we like Bo Scarborough here as well as Gulladay. Logan Thomas, a tight end, and David Blau, a quarterback, are worth strong looks to.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think David Blau, unfortunately, has um, numbers. W- well, here's what's happened. He's felt, I think, a little pressure as the losses have mounted to start doing more than he was doing early if he just sticks to what he was doing earlier, which was dropping back, making good decisions, extending plays a little bit, finding receivers down the field, not forcing throws, if he gets into the mindset or gets back to the mindset that the outcome of the game does not rest solely on him, I think he'll be fine. What I think is difficult now is that he's abandoned that mindset and mm-hmm. thinking that everything does fall on his shoulders, and this is where the mistakes have begin to mount these last two or three weeks. So, uh, I like the players around him, I love Gallaudet. He's he's been a uh, fantasy football point machine yeah, this he year, and I think he'll continue to be this week.
0: Saints and Panthers. Saints still looking to possibly get home field advantage through the playoffs, so everyone here is solid and good to go. Start all the regular offensive players on New Orleans. The Panthers, well, they may very well rest McCaffrey. I would, but uh, he's been in such a workhorse and the game means something to New Orleans. I bet he plays along with all the regular starters, none of which except for McCaffrey are worth starting. Now, if you have a gut feeling about a rookie quarterback getting tested under fire, you might look to Will Greer. But then again, you might use Pittsburgh as an example and not play him.
1: Yeah, I. You don't have to look past his last game. You know, I mean, he came out of that what is it, three interceptions yeah. and really, I think maybe a DF touchdown. So not a lot of production there. And I think um, I would not play real Greer. And I think the the players around him are not going to be great. But the guy who never has a down week is McCaffrey, McCaffrey. And I think for that reason, he'll be playing because even though there are the playoffs. If they don't play McCaffrey, they might as well call in the game on right, Thursday. Right. And uh, so I I like uh, McCaffrey for that reason. I think with or without anyone else around him, he's going to be productive both not only running but receiving and probably getting the end zone at least a time or two. And,
0: and he's not the kind of guy who's going to pull himself out just to save himself. Oh, no. For no no he, reason. This is, their, th-
1: this is their last game of the season and they're not going to the playoffs.
0: Falcons and Buccaneers, two teams in a meaningless game. I do like Russell Gage and Brian Hill here, and Ryan and Jones will likely s- step up to. Devontae Freeman is playing for pride and up against the top rushers in the NFL. Uh, the rushing defense, I- I'd say pride ain't enough. So Winston will rack up yardage at a couple of touches, but he'll likely throw more picks as well, like we mentioned earlier. Still worth starting despite the off week last time out. I also like Ronald Jones here and Richard Perriman along with Justin Watson.
1: I'm with you. I'm a big, after watching most of this game, I'm a big believer now in Brian Hill. I did not realize he was as explosive and as big and as powerful as he is. And I think he, in my mind anyway, has supplanted uh, Devonte Freeman as Atlanta's number one running back. And I love Brashard Perriman not only for his recent uh, excellent production, but also the fact that the connection I have with his dad, right, Rick Perriman. right. And um, I think uh, I personally would stay away from Jameis Winston. I think that last week showed where he did not have the yardage nor the touchdowns to go along with those interceptions. I don't think the interceptions are going to slow down. Therefore, I wouldn't play Jameis Winston. And
0: you never know what Falcons defense is going to show up. If the good Falcons defense shows up, this is a shutdown game.
1: Which they, yeah. yeah, exactly. Look uh, Look what the Falcons did last week yeah. defensively.
0: Eagles at Giants. Eagles still playing for something. So Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders are both go players, as are Goddard and Ward. Boston Scott got got less action than the previous week, and that's uh, because Sanders is now in control of the RB1 role. The Giants, you really have to like Daniel Jones uh, compared to anyone. And now Barkley is back. We'll look to avenge that uh, loss season against the Eagles.
1: And the additions I would add here, one of the Eagles would be Zachers. He's the Mm -hmm. guy that, that, uh, you know, he, I think, is the number one guy. That Carson Wentz looks to uh, now that all the receivers are down, and for the Giants, I wouldn't look past Golden Tate. That guy's he had been very productive. Really come on, had a great game last week, and uh, Sterling Shepard's another guy who I think week in and week out is operates in the slot and is, you know. Daniel Jones will make use out of him.
0: And Slayton, too. And it's like they've got three really good receivers, but uh, Slayton was really good for several weeks and went off, and then Shepard came back, and yeah. now Slayton's getting less targets uh, except for the one week. But uh, uh, I, I like all three of those receivers. Titans and Texans. Uh, uh, a really meaningful game here. If the Titans win, they're in. And Pittsburgh's out. However, if the Titans lose and the Steelers win, Steelers get in. So this is a must-win at all costs for the Titans, and the Texans have nothing to play for. So it's likely the Texans will sit Hyde, Watson, and Hopkins, while the Titans will start Tannehill, AJ Brown, and Dion Lewis. Derek Henry is expected to be back at this point from injury, and if so, it will bring a long day for Texans and uh, Texans and the Steelers. Uh, so keep an eye on the injury reports here, especially as we get into uh, probably Friday and uh, and getting into Saturday.
1: So here's a question for you mm-hmm.
0: since both these
1: this uh this game and the steelers ravens mm-hmm. are going to be played at the same time mm-hmm. i'm assuming you're going to be watching the pittsburgh game yes. and recording this one <laughs>
0: no i you know i don't like recording games and playing them back later i've you know I'll, i'm i'm such a diehard as you know with the steelers uh i will watch the Steelers game and i will be watching my phone and the Chiron at the bottom to check on the scores of the other, and walk, hoping that the NFL highlights are all Texas defensive highlights. <laughs>
1: uh, enough said. Well, here's the, the other Titans player that you didn't mention that I would add in here would be Johnny Smith. In the last couple of weeks, uh, he had a touchdown last week against the New Orleans Saints. Looked powerful as a runner after the catch, with speed. And two weeks ago, two games ago, he also had a uh, touchdown against the Raiders. The week before last week, he had, I think it was five or six catches for 60 or 70 yards. So he's a productive player coming into this last stretch run of the season where as their offense is growing, so is Jonu Smith's role yeah, in is. that offense. Yeah, you know,
0: I, I was looking at him earlier in the year. We talked about him a couple of times, and I, I liked him. And, uh, of course, you know, uh, the Titans have lost several tight ends this year. First of all, they lost uh, their number one tight end, whose name escapes me right now. Um yeah. I can't think Yeah, of no, I, uh, he, he went down in IR. He's been with them for, um, I want to say Walker. Um, Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker, yep, there yeah. There you go. And, um, I almost said Frank Wachek. I was <laughs>
1: thinking
0: back to my <laughs> playing <so. laughs> and I, But I think you're right. Uh, John O. Smith is, is on the rise, and he could be a big factor in this game. So Redskins and Cowboys. Cowboys need a win, and Eagles lost to get into the playoffs. So Dallas will start all the key players, and Washington is without Haskins at quarterback. So that means Case Keenum, who will get volume. Uh, I like Steve Sims here, too, who was targeted 10 times and caught two touchdown passes this past week.
1: Yeah, as I look at this game, you know, it's, it got me thinking that the Cowboys this year
0: have not won
1: a meaningful game yeah. at all in 2019. So with their season on the line last week, in philadelphia that should they have won that game they were in Mm -hmm. and would have won the division they lose and come out flat therefore i think that you know as i look at this case keenum who's got some recent nfl experience and production going back to what last year Mm -hmm. where uh you know the season he had was mvp candidate type season now he's getting some meaningful work, and last week came in in relief of Dwayne Haskins, and again had another productive part of that game. Uh, I like him. I like McLaurin, uh, Sims, as you had mentioned. He got ten targets. Uh, there's no reason why that won't continue this week. He may not get the same, but def- but running the ball wise, uh, you know the the Redskins are not going to do much, no, so against the Cowboys' defense. So I think passing the ball, Steven Sims is just as big a threat I think as
0: McLaurin. Steelers at Ravens. Well, this is a strange situation. Two teams who hate each other. <laughs> Normally, this would be a real hard battle. But the Ravens have clinched home field advantage, which means they have nothing to play for. And they've already said they're going to, in this case, they're going to arrest their starters. So the Steelers win, they need still ten, uh, if the Steelers win, they still need Tennessee to lose to get into the playoffs. So, expect big and hard-fought things from the defense. I would expect at least a couple of sacks from uh, T.J. Watt. Deontay Johnson on offense should should go well. Mason Rudolph is out, so it's going to be Duck Hodges. He's likely going to start. and uh, I would hope they wouldn't turn to him a quarterback. I hope, as, as a Steeler fan, speaking for myself here, uh, I would hope they would start Paxton Lynch because I don't think they can get any worse, and I think Paxton Lynch is, uh, is ready, and, and uh, he'll be the backup this week. I would start no one on the Ravens. Both games start at 425 Eastern, so there'll be some scoreboard watching. Both the Steelers and the Titans are on the road.
1: Well, in looking at this game, as you said, it is sort of a strange situation. If you look back, uh, you know, not even that long ago, two, three, four years, and you can go back 15 years, mm-hmm. this was the hardest-fought right. game in the entire season. Because they used to be the
0: Browns before that. That was our rivalry.
1: Well, yeah. true, but even since they became the Ravens and Ray Lewis came on, yeah. this has been the, the two best defenses in the NFL going at each other. We
0: always hated to see them play early in the season because of the injury impact. Yeah. We knew there were going to be players coming out of that game with injuries and could affect the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you're right. This is uh, who's going to be even playing for either one of these offenses. It's hard to tell. So I think. Um, uh, I think the Steelers offensively, man, it's tough to jump on board with anybody. Yeah. But doesn't it doesn't seem to matter who's throwing the ball. James Washington is going to be
0: productive. And Deont- Deontay Johnson, too.
1: Exactly. So I, I those are the, I kind of the two people with the Steelers that I would go for. The Ravens, I have no idea at this point in the week who's going to be playing. So I would look as this week goes on to see, you know, check and see who's going to be playing for the Ravens offensively if they're going to give that part away.
0: Right. Colts and Jaguars, two teams with nothing to play for unless you consider running back Niamh Hines' opportunities to return more punts for TDs. He could have had three but settled for two, 84 and 71 yards, plus he had a 40-yarder in this last game. The Colts can't get in for the Jags. Fournette already has a 1,000-yard season, so there's really no reason for him to play if you're looking at that kind of thing, which is why I do like Armistead to get the start here.
1: You know, in looking at this, uh, it's hard to figure out who, who to play fantasy football-wise, which is what takes me to Jacoby Brissett, who's had, I think, a very solid season throughout the year, coming into his own tough situation for repla- replacing um, uh, Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's done a phenomenal job. Now, last week, he has a bad game, yet they still destroy the Panthers, right? mostly because of Naheem Hines. Right. But therefore, I think Jacoby Brissett, this being his last game of the year, does not want to end the game, end the season, the way he did last week, which is where I think he'll have a productive week this week. He's an excellent quarterback. There's no reason to think he wouldn't uh, jump back into being successful. The Jaguars, I think, got exposed for this is the end of the year. They're over it. Yeah. Uh, You know, even Gardner Minshew looked bad last week. Fournette, as you just said, hit a milestone for getting 1,000 yards and has been productive, but they just offensively looked like they lost their. Sort of spirit to keep playing. So I don't fancy football-wise. This is not a great matchup for either team.
0: Raiders of Broncos. Raiders still have a shot at getting again. So expect uh, expect them to start all their key players. Well, the Broncos are a team without any direction. Uh, Drew Locke will remain at quarterback, and Philip Lindsay will carry the load at uh, RB one. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton getting the targets along with Tim Patrick at Whiteout.
1: Well, you know you mentioned the Broncos are a team without direction. Yet they've been hot the last several weeks. Drew Locke has played very well. Their defense has picked up and played well. Philip Lindsay's healthy and now playing well and being the versatile running back, whether it's receiving or running the ball. And I think Drew Locke has kind of settled into now he looks like a competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's doing efficient things. He's not trying to do too much. Yet what he is trying to do, he's doing a, a good job of doing. Um, and that's why I like the Broncos in this game, but I also like what Derek Carr has been bringing to the Raiders. Yeah, he has. They beat the him. Chargers last week, and Derek Carr, even though he's not... Um, I would say he's not in the category of like Jameis Winston or Lamar Jackson or some of the – even Carson Wentz as far as athletically to go along with being a good passer. Mm-hmm. He is an efficient quarterback. He's, I think uh, – taken well to John Gruden's offense. He spreads the ball. They've got weapons offensively. I think it's going to be a good showdown offensively between these two teams.
0: And it's a divisional game, which is it's a very big rivalry game as well. Absolutely. they're in Denver. Uh, Cardinals at Rams, both eliminated from playoff contention, just playing out the string. The way McVay handled the previous game with Goff and Gurley, uh, still with two minutes to go and down 30 points. Uh, I got it. So get a, off that <laughs> one. <laughs> one. I, not, I will never <laughs> forgive Sean McVay. Uh, it cost me a, a win in a playoffs. I got to think they're going to play. So, Cardinals look for Drake to play and play hard and for quarterback chores to be handled by Brett Hundley.
1: I I am absolutely fantasy football wise in love with Kenyon Drake and even just yeah. non-fantasy football wise this guy brings it. He's brought an explosion to their running game that they haven't had with David Johnson. So, I think for he's going to put up numbers again this week. The Rams but, should be at least on paper they're strong, but When it comes to the game, they've not really been dominating like it looks like they should be able to do. So I think Kenyon Drake is going to do well. Brett Hundley, I think, will come in and play well enough. Um, The Rams, I think, as you said, they'll keep playing whoever they've been playing. And I think productive-wise, fantasy football-wise, the Rams will do a good job as well.
0: I think Kenyon Drake is the classic case of a guy needing a change of scenery. You know, went from Miami, Uh had the issues there, and, uh, you know, all of a sudden he gets to a team where – he fits in uh, as the key guy. Right away, he started. And right away, he, he started playing well.
1: Well, and I think that speaks to the attitude, not only the fresh attitude that Kenyon Drake brought brings and brought back then, but the poor attitude, I think, that David Johnson's developed over these last couple of years mm-hmm. and that has stuck with him, and he ha- hasn't gotten out of. So, um, you know, Kenyon Drake, I think, coming in last week against Seattle and taking that long run exposed the Seahawks a weakness that they now have that they haven't had in a long time and that's some they don't have the speed they once had defensively. Right. Which I think is gonna catch up to their During the Legion of the Boomers, players. yeah. Right.
0: Uh, 49ers at Seahawks, the last game of the regular NFL season. Uh, Seahawks are playing to win the division, but their top-line running backs are all down for the count. They did sign Marshawn Lynch, as we mentioned, so look for him down around the goal line, especially. Uh, Otherwise, I think to look uh, for them to throw a lot, and for running back Travis Horner to get some carries and targets, mainly. I don't think Lynch is going to be, the first game back, going to be the main guy. I think he's going to be a red zone guy. He had five carry. uh, We're talking about uh, Horner now had five carries and six targets in the upset lost arizona for the niners they're in control so look for garoppolo to rebound and a good solid game for emmanuel sanders to be strong in this one as well as debo samuel and raheem Mostert.
1: yeah and like i've been mentioning here throughout is that it's the 49ers are probably uh the best complete team in the nfl and probably should make it all the way to the super bowl um And they're coming off a a win in which Garoppolo, though not having a great game, in fact had a poor game, but then when the game was on the line, he delivered. And that's why I think that Garoppolo has everything you need in a quarterback to be solid, and I think it's going to be important for him to have a good game, again, going into the playoffs. The game you play beforehand is important, so I think it's – very important for him to have a good game against the Seahawks. Heck, the Seahawks just got exposed yeah. last week against the Cardinals. They're not the world beater on defense that they used to be. So I think Garoppolo, this is a key game for him to come back. And again, the 49ers, their offense is predicated on that outside zone running game. and It doesn't seem to matter who's running the ball for them. They're going to be productive doing it. They've got plenty of weapons offensively for Garoppolo to throw the ball to. Defensively, they're solid. I think this is a game the 49ers really, even though it's in Seattle, should come out of this game with a win and head strong into the playoffs and get a bye.
0: We're going to carry this through the playoffs. Next week is our first playoff show, so you may you definitely want to come back and stick with us then. And especially if you're a fan duel or uh, playing some of the other fantasy leagues or the NFL uh, playoff fantasies. So, uh, just a reminder we will be carrying uh, our fantasy football picks through the Super Bowl with a wrap up today after a recap of how we did for you. And you can see how we helped you along the way, or if we didn't, we hope we did. And we hope uh, you like the podcast. We'll keep coming back. After the Super Bowl, we'll update every few weeks looking at ancient game, times and fantasy and I'll also be doing a fantasy football primer for newcomers or just those in need of some additional understanding. Then Eric will take a look at the uh, NFL draft with me as we uh, lead up to the preview of the 2020 NFL season like we uh, did earlier this season. So uh, before the playoffs start, um, predictions for your two Super Bowl teams?
1: Well, I think I just mentioned one of them. Mm -hmm. I think the 49ers are going to break their way in. The the big uh, game I think is going to be the AFC Championship game, which I'm hoping is going to be the Ravens hosting Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, everybody right now is on the Ravens' bag wagon, and I guess they should be. And the, the Kansas City Chiefs have been sort of an up and down, up and down type of season. Uh, but I think also the Chiefs now coming off a of solid win against the Bears. They're going to get, uh, you know, a playoff run here in, in which hopefully they'll put a couple of good games together and then come to, to Baltimore. And that's going to be the showdown. If you ask me today who's going to win that game, I think it's going to be the Ravens. But my opinion could change in two or three weeks because the Kansas City Chiefs could become a whole new team by that time.
0: That's true. Uh, I've been saying since week three, uh, Niners and Ravens, uh, as much as I hate that Ravens team. Uh, I and uh, I've never been a huge Diners fan, but I, I do like them. Uh, I, I really do think it's going to be those two. I think uh, they're just – they have too many weapons, and, and, you know, who knows with injuries in the playoffs and what happens and who gets hurt and, you know, who gets suspended, that kind of stuff, and uh, how the calls go. Uh, but I, I think that's who I'm picking, and I'm not going to pick a winner until we get to that point. So <laughs> Well, now that you
1: mentioned you know, injuries and all that, let's say Lamar Jackson goes down. That's, you would think right away mm-hmm. there was their season. But with Robert Griffin going behind him, you know, he's a similar type of quarterback. Right. Hasn't had the recent success, and but he was very he's successful. he's not that
0: old. He's been around a while, but he's not that old. Think back. He was
1: very successful in yeah. a very similar offense to this run by by Mike Shanahan right. with the Redskins. So I don't know, man. I, I think. who's um, now running things in
0: San Francisco. What's that? Who's running things in San Francisco. Exactly,
1: exactly. So, well, Kyle is, but yeah. uh, that type of offense. It's, it's but I,
0: a, you know, the trickle-down. though.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think the Ravens, uh, like you said, I think the Ravens are going to uh, be in that AFC Championship game at least, which I think is going to be against the Chiefs. So we'll see what happens.
0: And hopefully next week I'm looking at uh, – a Steeler playoff game. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You, I'm, I'm holding out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you have it. This week's Fantasy Football Podcast. Join us each coming Tuesday night for a look at the upcoming NFL games. Now You can find us on Radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, wherever you get your podcasts. And the easiest way, perhaps, just go to our website, KramerAndBrill.com. The podcasts are listed on the podcast page. Uh, or you can find them by clicking at the very top of the homepage. It just says, click here for the latest podcast. Check it out. Kramer and Brill. Dot com. Uh, this podcast, property of Brill Productions, and any unauthorized use, such as charging for its contents, is strictly prohibited. We do encourage you to share the podcast, however, for free. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill.